0: Mesacheth Demai, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Dalad 1 4. The last Mishnah, Perak, that discusses leniencies which apply to Demai. Here, the main point is that Demai is actually forbidden to be eaten until one ties it properly, as per the rules we described before, getting out the Trumas Meiser and the Meiser Sheni, the Kadusha Meiser Sheni anyways. Um, and Therefore, one ought not eat it without doing that stuff. So the question there is, can demai be used, or what happens if one does eat demai, even though he wasn't supposed to? Now, we'll be lenient here, as you'll we'll see in this mission in a number of cases. The reason why we're lenient is because, in truth, as we'll see in the next parak, a person who's an ani, who's poor, is allowed to eat demai without further times. Because, as we discussed before, demai is medarai, so okay to be eaten as is, and was only forbidden rabbinically, um, either because it's a suffolk, or because the rabbi said people should take um, tithing more seriously and not rely on the the thin majority of people who tithe properly. Be that as it may, here the Mishnah says, HaDamai, when it comes to Damai, boat, you can use it as an Eruv. Now, when we speak about Eruv here, we're talking about two separate things that really are rather unrelated. One is Eruv Tchumen and one is an Eruv Chatseros. I'll discuss them both. An Eruv Tchumen is got to do with the fact that one may not go beyond 2,000 almost um, beyond the boundaries of the place where, of his town, his Makum Shvisa, his home base for Shabbos. Um, and let's say for argument's sake, he wants to go to a bris in the next town over and that next town over is 3,000 almost away from the edge of his town. So therefore he couldn't go the distance. i um, on Shabbos. That's a, a prohibition of going outside of the Tchum beyond the boundary. However, a person could set up a Makhum Shvisa, a home base for Shabbos, um, elsewhere than his home, like with a picnic basket in the middle between the two cities, let's say for argument's sake, in the very middle at 1500 almost from each. And since that is his Mokum Shvisa, his home for Shabbos, um, and both cities are within the Tchum now, within the borders of the 2000 almost he can go freely between one town and the other town. So the ability to merge those two domains, is called Eruv, to merge, Tchumen, domains. And to do so, he has to have food that's edible uh, for him placed in that place where he wants his home base to be on Erev Shabbos when Shabbos comes in. So since the food needs to be edible, and if it's inedible, uh, forbidden to be eaten, then it would not constitute a valid Erev Tchumen. The missionary is saying if he set up Demai food as his food for his Erev Tchumen, it still works because really a person could eat Demai um, under certain circumstances. Like, for example, if at any time he wants to, he could just... He could renounce ownership to all his property, and then he would be uh, an ani, a poor person, and allow the demai. Therefore, the Mishnah says one could use demai as his heir of The other kind of heir we're talking about here is an heir of Chatzeros, a merging of different Chatzeros. Here, what that is, is the Torah forbade to transfer from one domain, of Roshos to another domain, Roshos HaRabim, from private to public domain on Shabbos. The rabbis extended that, however, to say, um, even if you're going from one private domain to another private domain, let's say, for example, you share a common backyard or share a lobby or something um, in a building or in your, in your cul-de-sac, a chaser is a, a shared yard. Um, so since that yard really, although it might be legally a roshisa yachid, because it has walls around it, like the lobby of a hotel or something, or a fenced-in backyard, nevertheless, it doesn't feel like a... Feel like a real private domain, in as much as various people from the little neighborhood around the, the yard can use it equally. so the rabbi said that if you're going to use a common space, which is legally which is Yachar, but feels psychologically like a shared or public area, you have to unite those areas, and the way you unite it is with a an Eruf. now an Eruf people think means the sticks and poles that go around the area. That's not an Erev, that's just setting up machitzas, the walls around the area that will be enclosed and defined as the, the single unified area. But what unifies that area, once the machitzas, the, the walls, the boundaries are up, is some shared food which everyone has equal right and access to. Um, and that has to be, in the case of Erechatzeros anyways, bread. So here we're saying, if you, and it has to be edible food, edible bread. If it would be forbidden bread, it wouldn't work. So here we're saying, if the bread that's used to make the of Chetzeros is Damai bread, even though really lecharchila person shouldn't eat their bread without taking the tithes first, it still works to make an Erev because in theory anybody who wanted to could eat their bread by first renouncing ownership to all his possessions and then becoming an onion and then being allowed to eat that bread without further tithing. Mission continues on. you can make a Shetufim V'aos, which is a similar idea. It's combining of alleyways Instead of a chatzer, which is shared by different people, the alleyways, the way that the urban planning was in the time of Chazal, there were a number of chatzeros, you know, cul-de-sac, yard-type areas with residents around a single mavui, a single alleyway, and those the mavui would lead to Rab in the main road. In any case, the alleyway, that mavui, could also be built up to be Rishasarachid, Yachid, midoraisa, but it sure feels like Rishasarab because all sorts of strangers walk around there between, you know, other people's neighborhoods, other people's chatzeros, and therefore... The rabbi said you can't carry in the in the mavui, even if it's got walls around it, unless you have a shituf, something that unites the people in the alleyway, uh, which would be food. And here we're saying that food must be edible. And therefore, you might have thought it's a problem to use demai food as your combining element, your shituf and mavos. But the mission says it's okay since, same reason above, in theory, people could eat it by first relinquishing their ownership. So, therefore, you can use demai as the food for your shituf and mavos and will work. The next line of the Mishnah, Umu love, you're going to misunderstand if you don't pay attention. It does not mean you make a blessing on it when you tithe it. No, not true. There's no blessing to be made when one separates the tithes out of doubt from demai. Umu Varchinolav, and one blesses on it, is referring to making, according to Bartunrah, a chrona and others a bracha rishona as well on the demai. That is to say, normally, when one eats forbidden food, he may not make a bracha on it uh, before eating it because that is blasphemous, it's forbidden. And how do you thank Hashem for doing something that Hashem didn't allow you to want you to do and that's destructive to your person, your soul? Uh, but in the case of Demai, we're saying since there is a way where you could make it permissible to eat, uh, it's not so bad that if one did eat it, he wouldn't make a bracha chrona on it. Rather, he does, says the Baratuner, make a bracha chrona and according to others, bracha rishona as well. Umazamnalav, one makes a zimun on his Demai, that is to say, if people had a meal of Demai bread and they did it in a prohibited way, they were bad people, they broke the law. Nevertheless, one, after the fact, would make a zimun, meaning of three men ate together, they would um, do the zimun invitation before the benching um, because they're considered still be unified. They, one might have a hava that since it's forbidden, one can't really be unified in a in a Torah concept way, if he is a partner in a crime. But this is really like a lesser crime, if you will, that can, since in theory they could have made it permissible, it's not so forbidden to them. And therefore, after the fact, if they ate the forbidden demai, um, they can make a zimun on it. They must make a zimun on it. And the Mishan now says, <laughs> which means, literally, one can separate the tithes, meaning that Trumas Meiser as well as the Kadusha of the Maestro Shani, um, as well as the declarations of the Maestro Rishon or Maestro Ani. One could do that while he's naked. Now, the point of the Mishnah is that normally there's a rule that requires uh, your machane, your your personal private environment, to be kadosh, to be sanctified, and to not have an, an, uh, an ervas davar to be seen, a unseemly thing. ervas davar really is, Unseemly, but it, it has like a um, like a nakedness concept. Erva, like if, you know, one's uncovered body which should only be covered. So one is not allowed to ha- invoke Hashem's name or other daversh of a in a place that has erva, unseemly, you know, naked things, and therefore that would be included in the prohibition of making a bracha while uncovered and invoking Hashem's name. But since there's no blessing required, no asher kedusha of birchas mitzvah of separating out the Trumas meiser etc. of demai, um one could do it naked because he doesn't say bracha, so there's no problem at all. And the Mishnah actually s- continues on by saying, Ben meaning a person can separate his demai while he's naked, even during Ben Hashmashos. Ben Hashmashos is the time period immediately prior to Tzeis, the beginning of the onset of night time. And Ben Hashmashos is a time that's not clear if it's day, if it's night, if it's a bit of each. Um, and therefore, we are treated... Stringently, when it comes to something that is a doraisa on an Shabbos, and tithing food, if it's V'adai tevel, certainly on food is forbidden on Shabbos because it resembles the malach of of because it's like of of uh, the final hammer blow. Because any time one um, fixes a utensil, tikkun Maneh, um, that is a prohibition. And here we're saying that making the food edible is quite similar to Tikkun Mana, fixing something that's broken, and therefore rabbinically tithing Vada Tevil is forbidden on Shabbos. And it's even forbidden um, during Banish Mashas because Banish Mashas, that time, might also be Shabbos. But here we're saying we're lenient when it comes to Damai during Banish Mashas, since anyway is really torah; it's motor as is and not being fixed, just rabbinic overlay requiring the stringency, um, to tithe the Dama again, we allow a person to take that tithe, the Demai tithes, during Ben Hashmaser's period, prior to the certain onset of Shabbos, or Yomta for that matter. Mishnah continues on. im Hiktim, Meiser Sheni L'Rishon. If a person first separates the Kedusha of Meiser Sheni, before declaring the Meiser Rishon to be Meisr Rishon, as part of the process of, being misaq in the damai, in the process of taking the damai tithes. So normally that's the wrong thing to do. Maeser Rishon should precede Maeserishani. Hence the name is Maeser Rishon and Maeserishani. But if he did it out of order with the damai, ein bakakh klum, it's no big deal. What does it mean, no big deal? Ein bakakh klum, there's nothing to it. Normally, um, if a person didn't do his tithing properly, for example, he took Maeserishani before Maeser Rishon, So then um, twice in the seven-year cycle, when there's the time of the Bior Maestras, to getting rid of any remaining Maestras. There's also a Vidui Maestras. One um, declares that he has done the procedure of afrashas properly in that time. So, any he, he would say, the verse requires him to say that he did everything that Hashem commanded him to do. <speaking in Spanish> so he has to declare that. And he wouldn't be able to say he did it as Hashem commanded him if he did it out of order. That's only true, ever for taking the vada'i tevel tithes shenny before Rishon, or other problems as well, of course. Um, But if all he did wrong was tithe his demai out of order, taking the maestro shenny before Rishon, no problem, he can still say the kechol mitsuzah ha'sher tivisani when he does his Viduya maestro as part of his viduyah maestro when that time comes. Finally, the Mishnah says, Shem HaGardi, the oil that a weaver uses, he can use that oil that's demai to anoint his fingers. They shouldn't, you know, get too dried out or, or damaged while he or she is working her loom and doing the spinning, the, the weaving. Um, since the rule is sicha kashtiya if one anoints himself with oil, it is as if he drank that oil because the oil gets absorbed into the skin, into the body. So therefore, here we're requiring a person who does sicha anointing himself to first um, tithe any demai before anointing himself with that demai produce, you'll recall in the previous mishnah we had said that Shemin arev, according to base Hillel, does not require the demai tithing It purchased as demai. And we had a second show in the barter that Shemin arev was referring to, um, like a salve made of olive oil as well as you know with aloe and myrrh. That would be standing in contrast. Our mishnah there we said tzicha Kishti is not a problem according to base Hillel, and here we're saying the star Misha saying Sich is a problem um, that's why I prefer the first shot in the Baratunura over there that Shem arav" is referring to oil that you smell not applied to your body the balsam oil that would make no contradiction if you are the second shot, you'll have to differentiate and say a to say there's a reason why I'm using oil for medicinal purposes in the previous mission as opposed to you know more practical industrial purposes on your person it is different the Mishnah finishes by saying when it comes to one who is not applying the oil to his hands, but to uh, the wool that he's processing, the sorek is a person who combs cards' wool. The like masrek in modern Hebrew is a comb. When the sorek, the comber of the wool, applies the oil into the wool to condition the wool so it should comb well, that application of the wool... Um for industrial uses, like we saw in the previous Mishnah, even though the oil gets destroyed, is not a problem, provided the oil is only Damai and not Tevil. One can use that Damai oil without tithing it further, since he's not consuming it in his person, in his body. Um, and that's that's permissible with regards to Damai.